Hello and welcome to The Huddle. Liam Santamaria back with you as this wild NBL season reaches or approaches uh, a fascinating crescendo. Uh, two massive battles taking place. The battle for top two with Sydney, Cairns and New Zealand involved. And then a whole bunch of teams, almost the rest of the league, battling it out to make sure they make that top six. And one team who is now well and truly back in that mix is Melbourne United. And joining me on the show today is their mid-season recruit who is killing it right now, Marcus Lee. Uh, uh, the player of the round, really, of round 14. 22 points, 10 rebounds, 4 blocks in a really big game and a big win over Tasmania. So sit back, relax. Up next, Marcus Lee. Marcus, how you going, mate? Welcome to the huddle. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm having a great day. Um, happy New Year. Oh, yeah. Happy... What, uh, what are you hoping for in 2023? Yeah, Happy New Year. Um, I think 2023 is just going to be an exciting year all around, just in everybody's life. You know, everybody's finally out of COVID. We're having, getting back to normality. Um, so I'm just kind of excited seeing what the year has for us. How um, it's obviously the, the year is going to start in a very hectic way because this back end of the NBL season is full on. And as I mentioned off the top, you guys are right in the thick of things right now. H how are you? Uh, how are you enjoying playing in the NBL a, a month or so into your time here? I'm I'm in love with it. The the way everything's situated out here, the organization of NBL as a whole, and the way Melbourne brought me in, it's just. It, it, I want to say it's probably the most ideal place you would want to be as a player when you come into a place mid-season. So I'm absolutely loving it, the way everything's happening right now. What have been your sort of first impressions of the league? I'm sure you, you would have known about it to some extent um, prior to coming here. Obviously, your relationship with Isaac, but also just other guys haven't played in the league. What, how have your first impressions of the league maybe differed from what you knew about or thought about the league coming in? So, I mean, I've seen quite a bit, yeah, because I've been friends with Isaac for a while um, and knowing that they've been doing kind of their own revamp, trying to make their own starting over in a, in a sense. Um, and I think they've done a tremendous job in just me being able to play in it and kind of see they have everything figured out to a T. And that's kind of the biggest thing for a player is... They, they understand travel. The, they have a players association, association set up. Um, and then just as a team standpoint, Melbourne has a great staff that, has, that knows just everything that goes on. And they kind of are able to help you just guide you through the full season, which is makes, as a basketball player, life easy. Well, let me unpack a little bit of that. You spoke about how you came in mid-season. Um how did it how did it come about? How did it get worked out behind the scenes? You obviously you were playing in the ACB prior to coming here. Step us through the behind the scenes of how you went from there in Spain to landing at Tullamarine Airport. It was a hectic moment uh, going on in in my head in Spain to my agent in New York to out here in Australia. So. One, just getting everybody on the same time zone to connect and try to figure th and figure things out. Um, but, yeah, went to Spain, loved playing in Spain. I mean, I've played in Europe quite a bit. 
Um, but then things happen in basketball with teams. You know, guys go down. Our the roster changes just as, as it did here, here in Melbourne. Um, and sometimes teams need diff, uh, different things. They over there they really needed a four man, um, and that's kind of the, that was kind of the way they were, were flowing towards because they they were kind of overstacked with five men after they kind of tried to reload things, and uh, it was kind of the total opposite here. Um, so it's kind of it kind of worked out in my favor, um, but it was kind of a, a funny moment because we I couldn't talk to anybody about it, but Isaac was also talking to the team about it. So we were like secretly sending secret messages, like do you like trying to get hints of if we know if each each other knows about it, so we can talk about it. So it was kind of just like secret messages, like hey, I see you guys are really needing another big. He's like, oh yeah. Hopefully we get another one with like a smirky face. So like, it's it's fun. It's funny and fun the way that all went down, and it all had to go down in that one week of where no one's playing because of the fever break. So right. it's I know it's very hectic for both teams and extremely hectic not knowing where you're going to go as a player or if you're going to stay. So it was a crazy time, but also you know always have your back your bags packed, not knowing what's going to happen. Uh, Isaac, your agent. Did you speak to anybody else? Did you did you do you have anybody that you know well who's previously played in the league? Did you tap into anybody else? I've had a a couple friends that jumped in and out of um, of of Australia. I had um, a couple just friends that I know play out here. I I just ask about it because it's I just jumped around about me coming out here, whether it was the, right now or in the beginning of the season with a different team or you never know as when this when during the American summer, you know, you get a whole bunch of team names and you're researching all of them. So, mm-hmm. and asking all your friends about things. So you're not just going into a bad situation. Um, but once I get here, you, you understand why a guy, a lot of guys come here and stay here. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll tap into that a little bit later. Hey, you mentioned the players association how quickly does that happen? How quickly do you get a phone call from Jacob or, or someone at the Players Association to kind of bring you into the fold? So actually, I think it just happened to work out that the whole the players we had a Players Association meeting. I want to say the week or week the second week I was here, so I was able to meet all of those guys fairly quickly. Um, I guess it doesn't always work out that way, but like. It was great just being able to like feel at ease when they're when you have a players association. It's not you fighting against the whole league by yourself. It's good sure. knowing that you have people behind you working for you that's also attached to the league. Um, we mentioned your relationship uh, and friendship with with Isaac. Um, tell us about that. Obviously, it, it stems from your time together at Kentucky, but you guys stay in pretty close contact between then. And now regular contact, or was it just kind of like tapping into an old friend? Um, I want to say it was a little bit of both. Um, we yes, we went to school together and played together in college at Kentucky. Um, had a we're pretty much all in, a, in the same best friend group. Like we did almost everything together. Um, and then after leaving, going our separate ways in basketball life, that. You keep in touch. You see every. You see them during basketball things like the, like summer league, or if you're not playing in summer, everybody goes to summer league, and you just hang out with each other. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then we had a friend, Derek Willis, getting get married, and he ended up singing at Derek Willis, and we were both in the, the bridal party. Mm-hmm. So it's just it, it's good that all of our friends are still friends, so we can all keep keep up with each other and are constantly communicating. And the funny thing is, I followed the team because Isaac um, was on it, so I was already following along on social media and kind of just watching out for the team. So it was crazy the way. Things happened that I got to uh, end up coming to the place that I was already following. There you go. Did did he throw your name into the mix, or I would like to? It... Th- I like to think so. I I, uh-huh. I know I know for a fact if they if they did or if when they did ask him, he was like, "Yes, we absolutely needed him." Right. And right. it's it's great having you know a really great friend to be like, "Yeah, of course," like to be able to uh, vouch for you. And right about when you arrived, it was obviously an enormous time in his life. Um, when, when he came out and, and spoke about um, you know, his homosexuality and, and the life that, that he leads and wants to lead moving forward. What was that like for you, arriving in this brand new environment, joining a brand new team with a great mate who was experiencing probably just kind of like the biggest and um, and most emotional kind of period of his life. Uh, I kind of see things as um, you're always in the, in the right moment at the right time for you. And I think it was the perfect moment for me to be here. It was exactly that day of him, of him announcing um, to the world and to the bas- the sports world. Because one, I, well, I think it was great because he, he was able to have somebody literally on the team, right next to him on a daily daily basis, that's been a supporter of him the whole, this whole time, and now it's mm. something as big as this. And like, hey, now you can feel a little bit more at ease because you have somebody here. And I think that was the biggest feeling is that man, it's like we're just like it's crazy how that worked. And I'm like, I feel like it had to work that way. There was no other way. And I, I'm I'm really happy it worked out that way just so I can be here by his side for it. Um, all right. So you and Isaac got to know each other at Kentucky. You also got to know some other people at Kentucky that are massive names in the basketball world. And, and I'm keen to kind of tap into your experiences with, with some of them. Um, what your, what you, what you can remember about being with them, being on that squad with them, your impressions of, what they might become in the future, whether you knew some of them would become the stars that they did. But let's start with Coach Calipari. What was he like to play for? Um, he, I, uh, it's one of the hardest things you will ever do in your life. And when I tell people that you have to be mentally, I guess, and you have to be more mentally strong than physically strong to deal with being at a place like Kentucky with a coach like Coach Cal. Because, one, he's pushing you to your absolute limit every single day at everything you do. It's not even just basketball, it's, but it's, it's, he's teaching you how to juggle life, juggle social media, juggle basketball, juggle school, juggle your own thoughts. And he's pushing you to do it all at a light speed type speed. Like, there is no time of learning. You have to learn while, like, running and right. trying to, in, in a fast pace, while being 18 year old to 18 years old learning you know you're living on your own you're seeing girls you're seeing that you finally can go to the bars you can make your own decisions without anybody asking you any questions so he's he's kind of that that mentor of not just basketball but in life 
where he's trying to help you learn things and pick things up so quickly because you know he knows that in reality half of the players are going to be a one and done and you're now you're making real-time decisions with millions of dollars in your pocket and at those times it's it's a, those are real choices you have to make and that's what he's trying to teach you to do and so he is one of the hardest not just coaches but te- life teachers and i think that's exactly what people need in that environment because if not you're going through absolute hell in like a foggy a foggy cloud where you can barely see your next two steps and he's sitting there just guiding you through those next two steps even though you can't see wow that's fascinating I found it interesting to listen to you in the in the post-game presser the other day and you were talking about one thing that you learned over the course of your basketball career was to was to enjoy yourself, was to, to find ways to, to enjoy being on the floor, being on the practice court, enjoy what you do on a daily basis. I wonder what what was what's one of the things that Coach Cal taught you that has helped you and tooled you as you've grown into the man that you are and and the the professional that you are? Um, I actually pinpoint that to one day. Um, I was having a, I was struggling between being serious for basketball and finding that part where I can still have fun and where it like, where it's too much fun, where I'm not playing well or I'm too serious and I'm, I'm stiff. Um, and I, I, I think he noticed it like going through my head and I'm just like not getting it right at all. And I was going through a fog in the basketball world and real life world. And he pulled me, he called me into his office and he's like, hey, what's going on? I don't see your bubbliness. And it was, it, that was the word he gave, it was bubbly. And I'm like, that's funny because that's how, I, that's something I've always kept on. I'm like, yeah, I'm actually a really bubbly. Like I walk in and everybody's moods change because I like, that's just the vibe I throw out. And I was like, and he was like, he put it easy. He's like, you play better when you're in that bubbly, great feeling, happy person mood. And I was like, that's where I need to find my balance. And that's what's really going to affect my game is when I'm happy and enjoying basketball and just happily flowing through basketball life, that's when I play the best. And that's what you see here is I'm celebrating CG's threes. I'm dancing. I'm singing. <laughs> I'm singing on the court. And that's right. it, it, t- most of other people, older people that are playing in the basketball world. They're like, oh, he's not focused. He's not. Mm-hmm. He's in his own bubble world. But I'm like, that's how I focus into basketball. So I have to enjoy what I'm doing for me to put. That's my whole self. And that's what you have to do is learn how to put your whole self into basketball. Love that. Because it speaks to, you know, people often equate coaching with teaching, right? Like the experience of teachers working with students in a classroom and coaches working with athletes in a, in a team. And uh, one of the great things that's happened in the teaching world over, you know, the last bunch of decades is a bit more of a focus on working with the, to the individual, like what, instead of just writing it on the blackboard and everybody just following what is, and everybody doing the same thing, it's like, what makes that particular person tick? Who are they and what, what are their strengths and their weaknesses and how can they be at their best? And the same thing happens in a basketball team or any professional sports team. And that's fascinating to hear Coach Cal, and a, a really practical example of him doing that. He knows what your personality is and uh, how you need to be behaving to be at your best. And 
his ability to kind of like tap directly into that is fascinating. For sure, yeah. I, I think I definitely give my applause to all coaches that figure that out because it's not just, you know, X's and O's and who how to sell people in at the right time or, you know, plays. It's it's learning your each player, learning what make, what drives them, what how do I make how do I make them take what I need them to take? How do I mm. how do I calm them down and and how and who can play with who? And there's just so much more to coaching that people don't understand nor see in real life that a lot I've seen a lot of great coaches. That's what makes co- good and great coach. That's the big difference right there is how they can manage different personalities. All right. Speaking of different personalities, when you were a freshman, you played with Julius Randall. What are your uh, memories and impressions of being a teammate of him? It's it's funny because I've always played. I played against him growing up, uh, just before college. So in, 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 when he's in basketball mode, he's 100% serious. There's no jo- like he'll joke around and like with us, but like when you're playing against him, he's just he has he knows exactly what he's doing. He's focused on what he's doing, and that's it. But when you get him off the court and you start, he starts relaxing with you, you then you see a totally different person that really just, he, he's able to juggle things so well where he's able to be like, all right, no, I'm in basketball mode. But once basketball mode is off and once he steps on the court, he's like, cool. Now I'm in fr- family mode. Now I'm in friend mode. And he's able to just switch, switch those things on and off so perfectly. I mean, and you see that in, when you look at his social media, it's, it's, basketball 100% focus on basketball working out then you see his family life and it's a folk like he gives 100% on everything and that's one thing that you can definitely see when watching him play when watching him in his daily life he does everything 100% all the time and he's going and that's how he's able to do it and I can remember because that's a hard thing to do especially Mm. in a world of basketball everybody's coming at you at once and Mm. it's unreal how how he's been able to do that all right, as a sophomore, you play with Devin Booker and Carl Anthony Towns, who have gone on to become absolute superstars in uh, in the NBA. What, did you know each of those guys were going to become what they are? Oh, of course, because they told us every day. <laughs> Carl Anthony is a character in, in himself that will let you know every day once you, once he walks into the gym, hey, no, I'm the number one pick. I'm the best player. Like, and it's not in a dickhead way. It's not in like a snooty way. It's it's in his naturally funny, honest way. And that's what I really love about him. It's just he's really one of those people that are just like, he's just a naturally confident person. And I love it. It's one of a kind. At one point, Coach Cal's like, you. at one point we were, we were – we were watching something and he's the coach was like, Hey, you got to stop shooting those, th- uh, stop shooting so many threes and let's give you to the post. And, and then he, after practice ends, he's sitting there shooting threes and in our gym, it's different. So in our gym, it's good. It's like our gym level. And then above it is our coach's office. And in the corner, right. it's just all windows in the corner is coach Cal's office. He's right. shooting on the gun or not on the gun, shooting with a, um, a manager rebounding, screaming in coach Cal's office. Oh, I can't shoot. I'm not allowed to be a shooter. Okay. They're all going in and in and in, reeling off like 20, 15 in a row in like different spots. And Coach Cal just has to hear it. Like his door, his window's open. He's hearing it. At one point he's watching. And you just, it's a person you can't really tell what, you can't tell him what he can and can't do. And wow. Devin Booker's on the flip hand is just so, I want to say competitive. 
and you see it in everything. Where even like little things, we were playing pickup, where guys come from all different NBA teams. They're coming for the summer. We just all play like a free pickup game. Um, and I want to say, who was it? Um, Demarcus Cousins. Demarcus comes comes play, and they get into it. I'm and I'm I'm on I'm on uh, D Book's team. They talk about they start they stop the play over a travel or some something that's irrelevant. It not, has nothing to do with it. Um, uh, Boogie try try comes here and tries to like just punk him. Like no, this is my ball. Our team's going. Denver didn't stand down. Then you see little Tyler Eulis come coming over like. And they're about to just fight. Uh, I'm like, you guys are eight feet or eight inches shorter than him. And but they both him and Tyler act like they're the biggest person in the world, and that's how they right. play. They play like right. uh, pit bulls. And mm. I feel like you always need those type of players on a team on a great team. Okay, the book hadn't just been double teamed in that just situation, had he? You know, he doesn't like being double-teamed oh, in a he, game. Oh, he hates it. He hates it so much. We would do it so much. So They would do it so often. At one point, it was the Harrison twins and um, D-Book and Tyler Ewells, and they would go at it all the time because we, if I was on the Harrison twins, we would always send the, the double-team, especially if he uh-huh. was in, like, a post-up situation. Right. And he's like, why are we doing – why are we sending uh, 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 sending two on, like, a – we're playing a pickup. I'm like, well, we're trying to win. We don't care about learning anything. We want to win the game. And he I like would hate it. it. All right, hey, I got two more names for you. One more, one from your junior year at Kentucky, and one from your your uh, one and only year at Cal. Uh, Jamal Murray as a Kentucky Wildcat. What do you remember about playing with him? He's one of those guys that's like me, where he plays better when he's in a goofy mood, like when he's enjoying life, playing basketball with a smile on his face. But then he's also one of those guys where if you hit him hard on a screen or someone start cussing, cussing him out and you see that straight face mm-hmm. that's when he's gonna put up 40 and you're like oh we, we that's our fault we did that to ourselves mm-hmm. but he's also one of those guys that's in our friend group of me isaac uh uh, uh mike Mulder, and a couple of and we just when we come together it, we're all coming together and we always know like we're always around each other like a couple i want to say it's Two years ago, um, I went to go visit him, um, and it's like nothing changes. Every time one of us sees each other, and those are all the best times because we've always been so close together. And and it's always off. It's not. It's never been about basketball. Basketball brought us together, but I guess our friendship kept us uh, kept us together, and that's kind of the that's the best thing about us. Nice. Um, all right, your one and done season at Cal. Um, you had a teammate who's now in the NBL. You know who I'm talking about? Oh, see my, this... my other Ozzy. That's right. Yeah. I see. I, it was great because I was able to see him twice in almost like a week. And I was shocked okay. that I saw him okay. actually because... So for the listeners and the viewers, we're talking about Grant Antisevich from yeah. the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix. My young Grant, I, he was a freshman when I came in. So he was really young compared to where he is now. And I saw him like on the corner of my eye while starting to warm up. And I was like, I know this kid. And I turn around to get a full look and it's Grant. I totally neglect warm-ups and literally just sprint at him. And people, and he's like, who the hell is on me right now? He turns around really? and sees this huge black guy. And he's like, oh, it's Mark. Like, 
it's one of those times where you're just so happy to see people because Grant was a young freshman coming from Australia. So mm. I was the fifth year super old basketball player at that point in college so i was able it was kind of just more of me giving knowledge to him and you know it's always old when you have an older guy around you but it's it was it was, ne it was never like that we were always able to be around each other and kind of enjoy each other's time while I, while I could also like teach and run things through him and i think i really do think he's gonna make a huge impact here as long as he's staying in this league and it's it's scary because I've seen him play against me in practices, and I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, the, he, the things he does sometimes is just terrifying. Mm -hmm. and I'm like, how does he pull stuff like He's like a younger Isaac, essentially. Yeah, yeah, no, I think he's got a bright future. Um, speaking of enjoying time, um, you guys, your fans, are enjoying this time right now because all of a sudden you've won five of your last six, and you are knocking on the door now of that top six, you're one game off getting back to 500. Um, and it's been a remarkable turnaround. And uh, you're arguably the, if one of, if not the form team in the competition right now. What do you feel like? And it's hard for you because you weren't there early on when the team lost a whole bunch of games, but, but you are on the floor experiencing. What do you feel like is working and clicking for you guys right now? It's funny because it's nothing basketball-wise that helps us click. I, it's kind of just like you, we finally have all the pieces and you can finally see the beautiful picture, you know. It's it's hard when, you know, sometimes you when you, people bring teams together, like, all right, you know what, this one didn't work, we're just not playing well together. This team plays well together almost immediately. From day one when we had me back, um, Barlow came back from um, his concussion, and Shelly came back. And then we had me, CG, it, it, it turned into an unreal game. We're really, mm -hmm. just, really just like, all right, what works that day? And then it might change in the next four minutes. We're like, all right, cool. Well, as CJ comes down, hey, pin downs are not working anymore. Cool. Flip to the next thing. And that's what's great about this team is we're able to run through just about anybody on our roster and kind of let, that, let them lead us. Where it be streaks where the first – quarter cg was one oh, maybe oh for four one for four and we're tied and we're, that's only because we're running through other people he he know he's playing his role perfectly and then it goes to the third quarter he goes four for four because it's hard to guard you can't guard five players at the same time you have to focus on your two key players but we don't have two key players to focus on here you really have to go through our full nine eight ten man roster to get a good look on how we're going to play each day you are an elite screener and an elite lob threat on the roll to the rim what is it about x and his skill set that made you guys click so well so quickly um i think it's just the the ability to trust um i think the first thing i do with all guards that i ever have is I try to force them to make turnovers with the lob. And usually you have a preseason to do it. But here I had I mean I had a I had a shoot around to do it <laughs> essentially. And I walk in, I'm like, hey, throw it anywhere in this gym and I'll catch it. And it worked the first time and he and he was like, okay, cool. Now I understand. But it's his ability to actually get downhill, create for himself, because now they have to focus on him and then and then it's just picking your poison. At that, right. at that point. And 
it's just great to have guards that are able to be calm in, in the lane and kind of be able to see everything and understand each step like a quarterback. And they do that so well, and it makes my job easy. All I have to do is jump and catch the ball, you know? Mm-hmm. They, have, they have to make game-time decisions on the fly with, like, 10 chess pieces happening where I'm just like, la, 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 oh, look, there's the ball, cool, I guess I'm jumping. If not, I'm like, oh, well, look, look that's a great shot. But, like, I have the easy job, and they make, it, they make me look so easy. Shilly started to throw that pass now. So oh yeah, he's, he's he's got that now. Yeah, you definitely, especially in the last game, you see how much he trusted me. Where I'm telling them, if you guys get in the bind, Louis throw it in the air, and you saw that where he's going, and he just throws it behind his back, and he's just like, oh, I hope that I hope it gets to him, and he trusts me to go get it, and I know it's my job to go do it to make sure, you know, one he doesn't get a turnover because I know once a guard gets a turnover, they stop throwing they stop throwing passes. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But also, you know, I would love them to tr- trust me to do that because that's my job. Well, you speak about going and getting it who threw that one that you had to reach right back was it in brisbane it was in, in brisbane transition? yeah it was x who threw that x absolutely a terrible pass but come on man oh but there's throwing it anywhere and then there's that yeah but oh yeah i'm still i'm still kind of upset at the league for not putting that in top 10 but it wasn't in the top 10 no it, was, it wasn't in the top 10 what yeah they're they're not cool with me over there. I don't know what it is. We have, we have beef somehow. I'll have words. I'll have words. <laughs> but no, that I mean, but that's the thing. I love that the the trust and you know, if you want to throw some flair, throw some flair in there. But trust that I will go catch it because they they get mad as that happened. And then at the end of the game, uh, Tucker threw the easiest lob I had to catch, and I missed that one. And you missed it. And then, yeah. so that was the I was the butt of the of the uh, jokes all week because of that. But you you are playing so well right now and having such a big impact. I, I had an MVP, a former MVP of the league, message me late last night about your net rating. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, Rock, hey, I'm speaking to the man tomorrow. I'll let him know. But the, the advanced numbers, like Melbourne United just put these out. Since December 10, number one in net rating, a ridiculous 50.6. Because you're number one in offensive rating, you're number one in defensive rating, you're number one in PR, number one in block percentage, and number one in offensive rebound percentage. Now, I quoted the raw numbers from what you put up the other day, the counting stats, 22, 10, and 4, but have you always been an advanced stat darling? I I mean, offensively, it's very easy, you know. I catch lobs, I do hook shots. And that's about, and I do floaters, you know, that, that's mm-hmm. kind of the extent of my off, how I get, how I, cause you know, you have to know, you need to know how you score efficiently. Right. And as a big man, you have to score really efficient cause you don't get very many touches. So you have to put those. So that's something I've really tried to perfect is, you know, how do I, how do I perfect this floater? How do I perfect all these hook shots? So if I do get those chances, I know I can trust the, I know they're going to, they're going in. And that's where the kind of efficiency is. is I know if I get the ball, I might not get it again. And I need I need to put my trust or I need my team to trust that I can do something to make to kind of put the fire out sometimes. Because that's usually what happens when the, when the ball goes into the post or like I get a pass in the paint. You need it's it's in the shot clock. You gotta put the fire out. And I know that I'm such a high percentage that it helps the team kind of it puts the team at ease at sometimes. And that's kind of my only job is to help the team out any any possible way. You know, give my team a break for a second. You know, a ah, moment. And 
or energy boost with a lob, and that's kind of the only job. And with lobs, it's literally just I've told I've told everybody about this. this is that I, I jump in the air. The whole the goal is to catch the ball and then figure it out in the air. That's it. Like I have no plans in like besides going to jump and catch the ball. Like some of these right. some of these dunks are. I'm like I don't know. I, I assume like when you look back and you zoom in, his my eyes are closed. Like I'm literally just hoping for the best, and <laughs> it works out sometimes. But I've I'm seen literally some, hoping for the yeah, best. Yeah, but it. sometimes you know it, it looks ugly and it doesn't work out at all. But you like here hasn't seen very many of those. But okay, okay. Hey, a couple of quick ones just to to finish off. Um, I think I think 15 and 13 is gonna get is gonna get you in. I think if you're 14 and 14, you're probably going to miss out, whether it's you or Perth or Adelaide or some team. I think now what well, you've got to win four of your last five to hit that mark. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's what's the kind of mentality and feel within the team? Is there a confidence that you guys are going to be that you could get that done? We're extremely confident right now. We're only looking. And talking like we're going to be we're a playoff team. There is no if, ands, or buts about it. And I love that. That's it's Dean's been really good about really expressing that to us and be like, no, we're playing like we're a playoff team because that's who we are. And we're going to go in. But right now we're still playing like, like you should, brick by brick, game by game, practice by practice. So today we had a full practice, and that's what we did. We focused on the practice and what we, and what we had a, a, ahead of us. And we're right now we're we're getting ready to go to a game where it's going to be a really hard game. They're a great, solid team, and we're we really need to focus and play our game. And really, if we can get this one, then we'll worry about the next one. And then after the, that next one, then we'll worry about the next one. And that's how that's how you should play. You don't need to worry about five games because today today doesn't affect those five games. It's when that day happens, you worry about that day, and that's what we're doing here. X, um, before I caught a game with him recently and we we're chatting about in the in the kind of green room about the permutations, who sits where, who's going to make it, he was like, Liam, we're in. Like, you should make sure you know we're making it. Yeah, see, and that's that's how our mindset is from our players to our coaching staff to our acts, to our staff that do our the day-to-day that make, make us survive to, to our families. Our, our whole mentality is like, no, we're in. We're, it's just telling the rest of the world we're in because we've also seen people already count us out and I was only two weeks in and I'm just like, no, 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 you guys don't understand. You can't, you guys are counting out the team that started the season that was not full, not ready, all hurt, mm-hmm. not trying to figure themselves out. Now, this is a whole do- different team here. You you guys have now, these past five games, you guys have seen the new team where people were like, that's a scary team. Mm. If if we saw a full season team, that's this is a whole different ball game. No doubt and, about it. Yeah. Um, you mentioned lastly, you mentioned earlier that you you get a sense already from coming into this league and coming into this country and the surrounds and the people why so many players come here and want to stay here. You started to think maybe that's something you'd like to do moving into to next season and beyond. I try not to think about that, but like. I enjoy it so much here. Um, I've, I've noticed just the load off of my my back, and immediately once I touched down here, I was I felt a ah moment once I got here. And if it's a possibility, you know, if you know, if I'm asked or even it even gets brought up uh, after the season, I would love to. 
Um, but right now, it, it it has no effect on me right now. We we have goals that really try to that I really have to focus on in these next what is it month month and a half. We're in January, so month. So it there is no time to actually to like fantasize about things like that. Where I'm trying to fantasize about all right, how do I get this team to the playoffs? How, how what do I have to do to help my team? And that's it. And that's all I have to think about each day. Well, it's not all that the club needs to think about. I'm telling you right now, <laughs> Melbourne's going to need to move swiftly when all is said and done to keep you around. But uh, that's that's for then. This is the now, and you guys are, are rolling. And uh, and good luck, mate. Good luck in this last little stretch, achieving what you guys are setting out to achieve. And um, and welcome to the league. We're lo- league. We're loving having you here. Thank you. I, d- I definitely do love it here, and I hope you have a re- good rest of your day. Thanks, man. Thanks. Cheers.